I needed that. There you go. I, I'm down for that. I Let's think go. that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. If you're looking for anything in return when it comes to forgiveness, then you're not truly forgiving deep down inside. Now we're doing the research to see, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the hot flashes causing it? Or is it, you know, you're just having hot flashes because you're higher risk for these other things because you have poor blood flow. I needed that. Here we go, Chris. Welcome to another episode of the I Needed That podcast. And today, today's podcast, my friend, is for anybody that's experienced chronic pain, suffered injuries, has movement issues related to those injuries, maybe feels an imbalance in their body. My head's going up, too. This guy. Both these thumbs are pointing right at me. This guy right here. It's so funny. And Uh. on our Facebook Live, right before we got going, we had this big discussion with our entire community. And we were like, at what age did it start to fall apart for you? And for everybody, it was between 30 and 35. Yeah, it's fascinating Mm -hmm. how that happened. And so specifically today, we're going to jump into a story of back pain. And, uh, you know, me specifically, well, you, you too, we've both dealt with back issues. Yes. You've got uh, bulging and uh, what, other Her- kind of, what other kind of elements here? Oh, man. Herniated L5-S1, bulging L4-L5. Okay. And uh, you've had a similar issue that was bulging and then, it, g- give me the details so on So I had a herniated yours. disc that broke off into two spaces and started to travel up my spinal canal. And it wasn't until one of those pieces pinched a nerve and I lost my right leg. Like, I couldn't walk for, like, what felt like forever. And mm-hmm. it was actually just a, a few hours. Yeah. Where I couldn't feel my leg. I was like, oh, this is great. And I ended up in emergency back surgery where they had to remove the piece. And now, I mean, it's been two years. I'm still building up the strength from all the damage that took place in that moment, man. I remember texting you back and forth during when all of that was going down. Yeah. You probably don't remember a whole lot. I was on drugs. (laughs) I know. What do you want from me, man? I was absolutely high as a kite. I had opioids. (laughs) I, I mean, I was trying everything. I literally threw the kitchen sink at this thing, man. I, I tried cannabis. I tried CBD. I tried opioids. I tried meditation. I tried suppositories that had a pain-relieving element. Like, I mean, when you get to the point where you're sticking things up your butt to help the back pain, <laughs> oh. like... But, but you when, got a problem. But when you're there, you'll do anything to yes. stop it. I'm telling pain is debilitating. And coming from a couple a couple old dudes that know <laughs> <laughs> even though we don't Speak feel yourself, mentally we man. don't feel old, yeah. but physically, holy smokes. And boy, I tell you what, back pain, I know we're kind of zeroing in on that, but we're gonna be talking about all kinds of pain because you know, I mean your body goes through so much experience in life. Yeah. We got shoulder pain, hip pain, back pain, everything, but I know back pain is funny. When we did our Facebook Live just before this, we just started talking about it. I'd say probably 60 to 70% of the people chimed in. Oh, yeah, me Me too. too. This is bulging. That's herniated. And this is, you know, pinching pinching nerve here. And, you know, it's like, boy, you realize that this is not not something that's just targeted a few isolated people. No, this is a a very – widespread issue back pain so let's talk about it today I'm, I'm really excited to have our guest on yeah let's bring so him let's, let's bring him in right now uh he goes by Vinny, and he joins us from where where do you join us uh from Vinny? where are you in the in the world yeah ventura county so just north uh, of la okay nice. super man well welcome to the i needed that podcast how are you this morning 
I'm good. I, I feel like we all just became best friends about back pain. <laughs> right? Seriously. We, we are, all got a story, don't we? We are back pain brothers, all of us. Oh, yeah. man. So what's your story, Vinny? Like, uh, I mean, you're in the pain business now because of your own experience. So, like, what happened? What What were you doing? Did you, like, I mean, did you bend down to do some vacuuming or to pick up one of your kids' toys and then you just fall to your knees and it was game over? Or what was your situation? Yeah, so I'll give you a little context here, backstory. Um, I was a I, I was a Division One collegiate athlete training for the 2008 Olympics. Like every athlete does, you've got your eyes always set on the big leagues, right? Okay. And ever since I was a kid, I wanted to go to the Olympics, and that's what that's what filled my heart and my vision for so many years. And I was I was pretty damn good at swimming. You know, I had 30 plus Colorado State records, wow. uh, eight time All American for college. I mean, I was I was good in the water. Wait, wait, hold on, and, Colorado State, yeah. Fort Collins. Uh, not Colorado State. I was born and raised in Denver. And oh, then okay. my year of collegiate swimming was at the amazing University of Wyoming. Ah. Not as cool as uh that's I cool actually college. think that sounds that's like a better place. Amazing. To go. Yeah. 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 Yes. Hold on, Vin, Vinny, how, how old are you? Uh 35. Okay, so I a good buddy of mine who's actually my roommate, he was a decathlete at the University of Wyoming. But he's yeah? he's 47 now. So Justin Smith, I don't know if you know the name, but Anyway. No, but he survived Wyoming. He survived. He did not survive. Not many of us make it out of there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Glad to see that you made it out. Oh but, my god! Uh, yeah. All right. So back so, to you. Sorry, You're a really good yeah. swimmer. You're doing the thing. Yeah. So so I was I was I was an elite athlete. You know, I was a young, strong, capable man, and I was getting really burned out of going up and down a pool. And so I wanted to venture into other hobbies or sports. And surfing caught my eye. Um, and I eventually moved out to California and I kind of had this pipe dream of becoming a pro surfer because I thought it would be that easy. If I could swim in a pool, I'd probably be a hell of a surfer. Right. <laughs> and it turns out that was not the case. And I was humbled very quickly. Um, a wave, a wave took me out and I crashed in the rocks. A, a rock broke my fall and my back hit that rock. And it went from a, you know, I went from a elite athlete to being disabled in a matter of seconds. Wow. The impact fractured uh, my T12 vertebrae. I herniated multiple discs. The force of the impact on the rock created such significant nerve damage that my spine shifted to the side and rotated 21 degrees. So I came out of that ocean an entirely different man. And it was, it was just, it was a life-changing injury. And you know, I never once thought about movement. I never really cared. It was all about performance and pushing your body and going fast. I never thought about the quality of life and the quality of, of movement until I just couldn't move. How, and if you don't mind my asking, I was going to yeah. say, we got some questions. Yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. 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 How, please. Did, how did you get out of the water? And That's not exactly drown? what I wanted to know. Yeah. Were you sick? Did a lifeguard come get you or what happened? No. So there was no lifeguard. Um, I attribute my ability to get back to the shore to all of the hours that I spent uncomfortable in a pool. I just went into survival mode mm -hmm. and I moved over onto my back. Uh, I resonated a lot when you talked about that your leg, you just didn't have feeling in it. It was the same thing. When I surfaced above water, I first thing I did was look down at my left leg. I mean, I, I knew something was wrong because I felt it. And I looked down at my left leg to make sure it was there because I didn't feel it flopping around in the water. 
Wow. It was just, it was in shock. And I just slowly moved back to the shore, going from laying on my back and doing little kind of sculling motions with my hand to then trying to roll over and doing little doggy paddles. Oh, uh, didn't park too far away from the shore. And it was an army crawl. I mean, I was, I was crawling on my stomach or my hands and my knees to just get back to my car. And I didn't go to the hospital. I was in shock. The first thing I did was I need to be alone and I need to be at home. So I didn't call the ambulance. I didn't call anybody. I just drove white knuckled in silence. It was the worst car drive of my life trying to try to get home. How many discs did you herniate? I I think if I'm recalling, it was three disc herniations (sighs) along with uh, a torn ligament. Oh my God. Look, I've herniated one disc. And let me tell you, I couldn't even crawl at that point when it, when it all went down. So to have three and just to crawl back to your car and to white knuckle at home. It had to be pure adrenaline. It had yeah. to be. And shock, right? It, like It was, it was that, that's all it was. I mean, I wasn't making conscious, rational decisions. It was, it was survival mode. I mean, that's exactly what it needs to in those times. And the only thing I was thinking about is I need to get to safety. And home oh, and the man. floor was safety to me. So it was... Uh, it felt like a 10 mile long track back to that car, but sure. What's crazy painful. about our podcast, Vinny is, you know, we're every, almost everybody we've interviewed, they're doing something in life now because they needed it first. And yeah. it, it certainly sounds like your story too. It's like that moment opened up this whole new thing for you. And eventually now you've gone on to create the pain Academy, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later on in here, but so what happens in the weeks following this incident? Like the next day, okay, well, you wake up and you're like, okay, maybe I should go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very clear to me that this was not something that I could sleep off because okay. there was yeah. no sleep. You know, when you have, and as you know, when you've got back pain, it's not something that you can just limp and force your way through. It's every movement. It's every toss and turn. And that's what that night was. It was a very long night. I felt like I just had to get through the night and in the morning I could kind of reassess and figure out what the game plan was. Uh, I had a friend take me down to the hospital. We did the very typical, uh, what are the x-rays? What are the MRIs? Let's take a look as to what's actually happening there. And man, I remember being in that waiting room. First of all, they couldn't give me enough drugs. It was, it was excruciating. And that doctor slapping the first initial x-ray of my spine up on that little whiteboard and it was just this this disconnection, like that's mine, that's mm. what's happening right now. It was gross and it was ugly. And I was t- not only was I in pain, but I was terrified. Okay, this is what we need. We probably need to do a fusion. We need to go in here. These are the surgery options, and this is immediate. We should act now on this. I was a kid. I was terrified. You know, I was twenty years old, which. For men, that's not that old. It takes yeah. us a while, while to make very mature decisions. And, right. and, and I just remember being terrified. And I said no. I said no to the surgery. I just wanted the pain prescription. I thought I could just do it on my own. That was part of my arrogance and what I needed to be humbled in as a young man. Uh, I went, my story from there is probably like so many other people's story with back pain. What do you do? Let's throw the kitchen sink at it. What are the available drugs? What are the unavailable drugs? What are the treatment protocols? What's mainstream? Go to PTs, chiropractors, acupuncturists. Let me try massage and, and just all of it. I, I just, in a state of panic, tried all of it. 
And if, if you don't mind my asking, yeah. can we go through that list of all the different things? Cause I did every one of them <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so, so I mean, started off with opioids, same here, opioids. Mm-hmm. That was, that, that, yeah. was like, that was the first go-to of like, okay. Muscle relaxers yep, and opioids. Yep, just calm see it how down. We can manage right, this. Right, right. And then uh, for me, it turned into a, a painkiller addiction, right? I was got hooked on them for a couple of years. Um, but then for you, opioids, then you tried what? Cannabis. Then, well, I don't know if I jumped to cannabis right away. I think for me, it was what he was just saying. Uh, I did massage. I did acupuncture. Uh, I did a lot of maybe more spiritual elements, more spiritual kind of treatments in that in that regard. Um, I did acupuncture. You did? Yep. I did some some deep tissue Cupping. massage. Yep. I did um, assisted stretching. Heat, ice. Of course. Yes, absolutely. All the above. And then actually it was it was on the tail end of my opioid addiction. And it was it was probably about shortly after that, my, my one of my doctors actually suggested that I try cannabis. Uh, and that's I, I went and got a green card mm-hmm, for yeah. it because it was like, okay, chiropractors. I'll do, I'll do whatever to manage this thing and sleep at night. Chiro- chiropractors, yes, myopractors. Yeah. We did. I mean, what, <laughs> I you, went to this you guy. You name it. We we did it all, dude. Here's here's how crazy it went for me. I, Vinny, I love to hear if you got a story like this. I got to a point where I was. It was so awful that I went to go see this guy in an office. It wasn't even a medical office. Okay. This guy just had, <laughs> he's laughing. He pulled up in a truck, just dropped this, it. Dropped literally, it. this guy, it was in like a, a law office, and this guy just happened to have a side hustle and a side passion for cracking people's backs. And he had this table where he would strap your hips in and he would strap your torso in, and then he would drop the table and he would literally just kind of go, and we just oh. open you up. And I went Yo. there. I and I line on this freaking thing, and he's he's rubbing my back. He's doing the thing, and he's like, "Okay, you know, on th- three, two, one, I'm gonna drop this table, and you're just gonna you're just gonna come apart." And uh, he did it, and I I have to tell you that it felt incredible for for a little while, but I actually think I might have done some serious damage with that oh. procedure because of you know what happened yeah next but yeah i mean like if you're like me you ended up in a dark alley working with the dude who said he could treat you, you you're right we'll we'll, oh, yeah. we'll try anything at some point oh man i, I remember i'm so sorry to interrupt you Vinny. i remember one time i was so i was so desperate i ended up going to um this one clinic and it's this it's not stim you know it's like typical stim kind of um for, for rehabilitation, but it, they send this, this strong electrical currents oh, into sure. the body and it forces an eccentric contraction and they take you through like a good morning kind of movement, but like they, they start running all these volts of electricity like into your body and I'm sitting there biting on a towel and I'm going, <laughs> I'm going through these, mo- these motions and what happened is that that part actually, it gave me some relief but what happened is, is as they turned it off, my, my back jerked and then like threw me out again. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So Vinny, tell, tell us what, what you ended up doing. Guys, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet everybody listening to us right now is going, oh yeah, me too, oh, me too, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, when, when you go through the conventional stuff and it doesn't work, yeah. first of all, I, emotionally, and th- this is what took me years to understand Every time I went to go see somebody with a doctorate's on the wall, and this is not this is not a, a stance against Western medicine. It's brilliant in what it does. It has a time and a place for everybody. But every time you go to these experts and they say, "Oh yeah, this is this, this is this," you've got X, Y, Z. I'm going to put you on the protocol, and that protocol doesn't work. It moves you 
one step closer towards the insane options. It moves you one step closer towards, oh, I'm so unique that even the mainstream stuff doesn't work for me. So let me go take a chance on this guru or this influencer or whoever it is, anybody that's offering relief. When the main stuff fails, you feel like those are the only things. It must be some weird guru thing that you got to go find in the back of an alley somewhere to find some kind of relief. And, and that's, that's what led me towards the people online. Uh, unfortunately, like you guys too, you kind of have to do that stuff to see, mm, doesn't really work the way we want it to. Right. Probably the craziest situation. And I think I, I either have repressed most of them. I was in so much pain. My short-term memory conversion just wasn't working or it's because I was high as a kite on painkillers. Right. I absolutely developed an addiction problem because of it. How do you not? Right. When, when that's being sold as the treatment option and you've got a recurring uh, subscription of, of refills. Oh, and by the way, they're five bucks. They're $5. Oh, like yeah. It, it, yeah. it costs nothing to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and my my pill bottles they weren't like the small thirty count ones. <laughs> it was like the, it, was, it was like the one eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I was yeah. just like, yeah. can't even put it in your pocket. No, oh no, oh no, gosh. no, no. But dude, like, let me so, tell you, whenever whenever that sucker got refilled, I came flying out of CVS. I was like, whoa, let's go, you know. But that that's, that's how a, I knew that's a big that's a big problem. Yeah, that's. I mean, I uh, take a sip of that water, Vinny, and let me ask you a question here. So, okay, we, we you you try a few things. How many weeks post-accident are you where you start to understand that this is going to take a, a little bit more than you've been trying? Like, I'm guessing if you're like most people, you spend three to five to six months trying some other things, but then do you eventually get to a point where you're like, everything I'm throwing at this isn't working and I need to go to DEFCOM 4? I was in that for about four years. Four years? Wow. Four years of frantically trying panic in a panic state for four years trying anything and everything any product i saw online bought it any commercial info ad i bought it anybody that oh i have a guy you got to go see him i went to go see them i was in the frantic search for answers for four years until it it was just this uh, uh, epiphany of nobody's going to do this for me. There it is. There, there, there isn't a person out there who gives a shit about this as much as I do. Right. Nobody's going to come rescue me. And it was this moment when I was about 23-ish, I'd say, so just shy of four years, where I went back to school and I figured I need to go learn this stuff. I need to understand the body. What the hell is anatomy about? What is exercise physiology? How do our nerves and our muscles and our tendons work? I need to go back to the basics because the help that I'm getting, it wasn't helping. Even after the herniations healed, even after the fractured healed, four years later, I'm more disabled than ever. It was like there was no healing trajectory. My movement patterns and the problem was so significant. All I was doing was managing how much drugs I was taking. That was the only thing that was changing and it was just trending worse. So I spent four years in that cycle of trying everything to, to really understand that I don't think the answers were out there with somebody doing something to my body. And I went back to school, became a certified personal trainer, became a corrective exercise specialist. I acquired various certs, some through Stanford School of Medicine on exercise physiology. I tried to bolster my education to figure out what the hell am I missing? I realized that 
there was no swiping of a credit card that was going to do it. And I think that that was my fault. You know, it was, okay, I'm paying somebody thousands of dollars. So you're, you got this, right? You're going to, you're going to fix the thing. And like, I can just show up to these appointments and that's it. I was missing the, what the hell do you do after the appointment? The in-between stuff, the time that you're not paying for somebody. Those were the, I think that was the biggest gap that I could at least control and find some kind of influence on my life. And, and that's why I poured all this time and money into, into education to fill it out. Yeah. I have a question for you, man. Please. During this four years, <clears throat> I know for me, I know you because we've shared our stories on prior podcasts, but what were your relationships like with your friends, your family, mm. your jobs? What did that four years look like for those people? First of all, I was in survival. So 100%. Ev- everything I was done was through the lens of survival. Uh, it was, I alienated everybody in my life. I thought with each failed treatment, I was misheard, misunderstood. Nobody understood what I was going through. That kind of pain and trauma has this really, really uh, skillful way of putting up walls around you and making you shut the world out. Not only could I physically not be intimate with any woman that I was dating, I didn't want to be. My God, how painful that would have been. So I closed myself off physically. I absolutely closed myself off emotionally, not just because of the pain, but because I was high to manage the pain. And when addiction really started to come into this, I started to curb my day, my free time, my work, my alone time, whatever it is, I would do anything to figure out what are the pockets that I could just take a pill and be left alone. Yes. And that was, that was my North star. Yes. That was my guiding principle. So deep, meaningful connections, no way they weren't there. And people tried, but I just, I pushed them away. I, I was trying to numb myself and avoid myself. I was trying to suppress everything that I was feeling. So the capacity to be in a loving, open state of human connection, I didn't have any listening. I couldn't hear people's stories. It was just this screaming alarm bell that was just raging inside my body every single day. And, and maybe I'm being dramatic. Maybe no. it was only 20 hours a day. But that's what it felt like. Yeah. No, I remember going through it, and uh, I was married. I am married, and and have been for almost twenty years, and uh, going through it with my wife. And I remember having these conversations with her when I got when I started to get better, when I started to kind of get my head around everything that was happening. Where I would say, you know, she'd be like, "You're just so cold. Like you don't open up. You don't look at me. You don't even say hello anymore." And I was like, "Can you do me a favor?" And I know this is going to be an impossible ask, but can you just remember that every time I'm not myself, it's not me. It's the pain. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just. What I'm feeling in my body right now, in my mind, is so incredibly distracting. I don't even know that I have the capacity for anything else. And like you said, Vinny, like you literally jump into survival mode. And I bring this up because I want people who know folks who are dealing with back pain. Man, in a lot of ways, we're, we're trying the best that we can. Like, we're really just trying to get through the day. We're really just trying to get more than three hours of sleep at night. We're really just trying to you know, function, like, you know this, right? You, people want to go out to eat. It's like, I can't sit in a hard wooden right. chair for two hours while you mm-hmm. guys hang out and eat. Yeah. 
I got to stand. I got to move. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's just so hard. But remember that it's not the person necessarily. It's the pain that they're dealing with. And, and that should maybe help you find some compassion for, for their situation. And Absolutely. I'm not saying you tolerate all the bullshit, but what I am telling you is that most of their bullshit isn't them. It's, it's what they're thinking and feeling, and it's just it's really, really difficult. It hurts. Well, to, it hurts. To add to that, the flip side of the coin, because, and uh, by the way, I remember being there really well. When I was in pain, I did exactly what Vinny did. I pushed everybody away, and it was the pain was so bad. But then... Then you go, okay, well, I'm going to go manage the pain. Yeah. And then you go take op- opioids. Now you're not yourself anyway. Right. And you're riding this mm-hmm. opioid roller coaster where it's like, okay, now the pain's gone. And then, when it, then it wears off. And then you're in a worse place than you were before because your dopamine has dropped. Your serotonin has dropped. And so now, you, now they're, they're actually talking to the drugs. The, the, the drugs are taking over the mind. And so it's like you're either in pain or you're on drugs. Either way, you're not, you're not you. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's add color to that, Vinny. Well, this is this is the this is the next part of my journey because once I learned academically, right? So I learned about pain not from textbooks. I learned it because I was living it every darn day. Once I learned the academics behind what are the things we need to do to restore physiological function and come back from life changing injury, I still wasn't getting better. Because the other half of the equation, your emotions, this is the yeah. stuff that a PT wasn't sitting down and talking to me about. Nobody that I saw in the four years of very expensive acute treatment ever once brought up what my relationship with pain was like. Not once. What is my capacity to parent myself? And in those moments of pain, how do I relate to it? What are the words? What is the dialogue? How am I showing myself the same kind of compassion I would show my kid when he's having a problem? No, I'd be hard as hell on myself. I would, I would meet pain with resistance and I would wage a war on my nervous system every single day. And when you're in chronic pain and you're in this fight flight, that's all you know. So when a loved one comes in, how do you just go into your parasympathetic nervous system and meet them lovingly? Mm. You don't. You're an extension of your reaction to pain. The exercises that did not work for me are the same exercises that did work for me. Once I understood the other half of the equation, my relationship with pain. Wow. Once I stopped looking at it as the problem and the thing that I had to numb and quiet and and suppress, once I stopped looking at it as a sensation and I started to look at pain as an emotion, that's when everything started to change in meaningful ways. It would, it, you got to understand that like the pain that you feel magnifies what's in here. And if you don't have the tools or the skill set to manage your mindset, it will just, it's an explosion waiting to happen every single time you feel it. Even to the point where if you're not in pain and you anticipate, oh, I'm going to bend forward. My God, the worst thing in the world was hearing my keys drop or something drop Mm -hmm. on the floor because I knew I would then have to bend forward. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh God, here we, that's an emotion. These are, and when, when your emotions are constantly swirling and when they're so intrinsically entangled in pain, 
how do you how do you find your true self in that? It's really hard. And it's only when you can understand that pain only knows resistance. It only knows you trying to avoid it and suppress it and trying to numb yourself and run away from it, trying to conquer it. Pain doesn't know what to do when met with your breath and when met with kindness and love and empathy and compassion. And if you would have told me that when I broke my back, I probably would have flipped you off and said, uh, whatever, hippie, right, right, get right, out right. of here. Yep. Right. Like, you, sure, you, sure, <laughs> pal. Sure. You have our yeah, undivided. My, when you said breath and kindness and compassion, you have our undivided attention right now. This is. It's what we talk about yeah. daily. I mean, I, I, yeah. and it's so important. And there's not one universal prescription for anybody's back pain because everybody comes to it differently. I, I, I think you are really, I don't even think, I know from my own experience that you're onto something there when you talk about the relationship to pain and when you talk about the emotional factor that contributes to the pain. And, and so while it could be dangerous to recommend one book for anybody for all things, I'm telling you right now, there's a book that changed my life by Dr. Sarno called Healing Back Pain. And he pointed at me, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not watching this on our YouTube right now, you can see Vinny just pointed at me, right? Because for, for so many of us, it is the emotional component that is causing it to maybe stick around, be way more intense. Uh, and what have you come to learn about that, Vinny? Because, you know, I, I got the nod. So what have you come to learn about that? Yeah, so uh, everybody what lands them in back pain is completely different. We are all completely unique, every single one of us. And we are exactly the same. The moment you understand that, and the moment you stop looking for that needle in the haystack, you come to a few basic truths and principles. I have to improve the way my body's moving. Right? Notice how I didn't say I've got to fix my back pain. There's nothing broken. I've got to improve my capacity to move and I need to do that daily and I have to develop the emotional tools to navigate everything that's showing up. And if we can treat back pain the same way we treat anxiety or mental health problems, which is what's going on and what are the tools? How can I regulate my internal world with thoughts and words? Then we start developing a process We need to move and we need to think. And when we can change those two things with exercises, change those simple movement exercises can do a world of good. Simple mindset exercises can do a world of good. I've never helped somebody change their life in a radical way by focusing on just one of those. Mm. Both problems need to be worked on simultaneously. It, it has to be at the same time because anytime you do a movement, if you're in chronic pain, oh God, is this going to hurt? When does the pain, what, what? It, uh, Chris is clenching his butt cheeks right now. We were just talking yes, about this yep. before we got going. That stress my, keeps you tight. My core is Look. activated and my hips are gently rolled underneath me to relieve that tension in my lower back. Yeah. Yep. Emotion and motion. It's the same word. There's just one letter that's different. We have to look at both simultaneously. And when you can understand this, this anticipatory factor of movement where you're kind of like, what are the things Chris is doing that is almost perpetuating the problem? What are the reactions? How can I understand that as an emotion 
And what is the tools I need to, to develop to help not combat that, but to soften that? Mm. Most problems with the body are not problems to go solve. They're problems to dissolve over time Love by that. learning how to change your inner world and by doing gentle, simple movement. So every exercise, every position that I teach people, it's also an opportunity. There's going to be a lot that comes up. You might yes. start crying. Yes. You might start laughing. You might get really pissed. <laughs> we were just talking about this before the show. I we were know. talking about the emotional. TRE, uh, have you ever heard of it? Tension release exercise? Mm-mm. Dr. Bracelli, you should totally look into it. It's incredible because it, it's based on the fact that most of us store trauma in our pelvis region. Like, and so when we're, when we're tight due to traumatic experiences coming up or whatever we've had, that stuff stays right there. And until we unlock it, it grips us and keeps us in that that tension part that we were talking about. Yeah, and but as you start to unlock it, like you just mentioned, Vinny, sometimes you can cry. Sometimes you might even feel sick to your stomach. I mean, all these different things start to come up, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, when I started and, and a little bit further context, I grew up in a household like most of us where parents were born probably 30s, 40s, or 50s. Emotional expression wasn't a thing that was yeah. fostered in a stereotypical Italian household. I'm sure not uh, as well as many others. So I, I've had years of learning how to suppress emotions and run away from things. And now this back pain is like forcing me to actually feel things again. I'll tell you one of the biggest changing moments. And this was taught to me by, by somebody else. I'm sure you've probably come across it. It's an ancient Hawaiian forgiveness practice called Hapono Opono. Of course. Love you've it. heard it. Yes. Huge. No, I, I, never, yes. I never heard this before. All right, everybody, oh. tune up. Everybody, turn yep. the volume yep. up right now. This Go is ahead. so powerful. And we'll be right back. Seven days, totally free, kept with Chris Powell. The app is finally out, my man. Oh, man. It has been such a journey getting here. But again, we're, we're just so excited to finally have this platform where anyone can start their journey wherever they're truly ready. I know a lot of people, they're not ready to take on diet and exercise and all that. But the thing is, we take a step back from all that and we focus. We're changing the conversation about transformation to focus on keeping your promises. And so select where you wherever you want to begin it's kind of like choose your own journey right I love that. and you could you could choose from gratitude to acts of kindness to breathing exercises to steps to hydration and keep that promise you activate that promise you keep that promise day in and day out and whenever you're ready stack another one so We'll take you as far as you want to go. Go check out the app wherever you download apps, or you can visit them online. Keptpromises.com. Keptpromises.com. Seven days, totally free. Give it a shot. One of the pillars of the app is working on your mental health, and we're lucky because BetterHelp has been a sponsor of the I Needed That podcast since day one, man, since the very first podcast. Uh, BetterHelp, the world's largest therapy service, 100% online. It's been a partner to us. And I just want to encourage everybody to grab 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I needed that. You'll find that link in our show notes for today's episode. And then finally, let's talk about Nero Gum and Mints. Yeah, man. I I absolutely love it. Why? Because it works. I got to tell you what, what really kind of piqued my interest is the fact that it was developed by former athletes and they're used to training at a really high level. And so they didn't want to take a lot of like mysterious supplements or energy drinks and all that, that other good stuff because they're regulated on that. They can get themselves in a lot of trouble because who knows what's in it. So they've got really clean ingredients. And when it comes to supplements, we're always looking for three main things, purity, potency, and delivery. 
And of course, the delivery is, it's so unique and creative. I mean, it's, it's gum and mints, right? It's just this great, clean burst of energy and focus without the jitters of coffee or energy drinks. Please visit the sponsor link that we've got for you in our show notes. Link to them. Save a little bit of money. Go to tryneurogum.com slash I needed that. And now back to the I needed that podcast. There are four phrases that you can repeat. Thank you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I love you. I don't know if there's a right order of it, but those are the four phrases. That's how I was taught it. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first learned those four phrases, like, okay, I'm going to try my normal movement stuff, my mobility that pissed me off, that made me feel all of the reasons why I wasn't capable of living life. The same movement routine that reminded me of all the ways that I couldn't play with my son or connect with my wife. I'm going to go, I guess, say these four phrases when I do this. And I'm doing it. Thank you. The hell am I thinking? My body's only gotten my way. Well, thank you also for helping me live. And thank you for, for showing up for me all the years that you had. Thank you for all the ways that you've had to compensate to still keep me alive through a traumatic back injury. I've never once thought about thanking my body. It was the problem. It was the thing I was against for years. So as I'm saying thank you, it was the first moment of internal gratitude that I had towards myself because I didn't know if I even had anything to be thankful for. But I'm alive and I do. I'm sorry. Well, I started saying I'm sorry. And what what came up was all of the ways that I would abuse my body. I mean, we've all done it. When you push and you force and you power your way and you wind up in a flare-up. I think because a lot of us feel intense stuff internally, we think we have to match that with an intense approach. And it doesn't have to be that way. I'm sorry for always meeting my body in pain with tension and fighting my way through. Please forgive me. I never once thought to ask my body for forgiveness for all of the drugs that I put in it, for all of the therapy that I quit, for all of the things that probably could have worked, but I just didn't have the patience. Again, mindset, I didn't have the patience to get through it. And then I said, I love you. And that was the hard part because I didn't. I didn't love myself. No wonder why I treated myself like a garbage can. No wonder why I was taking so much drugs, partly because addiction, but a lot of it was self-harm because I was whatever, screw it. I'm, I'm wrecked. Uh, let me just get through life, I guess, whatever way I can. Uh, I didn't eat great. I didn't take care of myself. Working out wasn't a thing. There was no self-care. It was just fighting myself. That's all I knew. And these four phrases, I just kept saying over and over again. And the exercises that I hated started to turn into tools that helped me then navigate emotions in a way that I had never never tried. And I remember crying and I'd done this stuff a hundred times before, man. Academically, I understood it. Logically, I understood it. Emotionally, this was new territory for me. And so saying these four phrases, it, it, it was the step one for me of beginning to acknowledge, oh, there's emotions here and there's a lot here. Now what? Incredible. We have maybe 10 minutes left with Vinny. We are probably going to have to have him back. I would yeah. love to have him back. Oh, I don't know about I you. love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the fix for everybody is going to look different. Here's what I don't think looks different because you mentioned how similar we are. There are a few things that I'm sure you've come to learn, Vinny, that people do 
regularly to make things worse, right? And so, you know, you're either working towards a, a solution or you're not, right? Yep. So what are a few things that people who typically have back problems, as you've come to discover, that they, they continually do? And you just mentioned a couple of them. Like, we, we don't eat well, we don't move anymore because it hurts to move. And so those are a couple of ways that we, I call it self-sabotage, right? And that's, that's kind of a great mm -hmm. name for it. But what are other ways that people self-sabotage themselves during their episode with back pain? A few that come to mind immediately. Uh, number one, doing many things at once. You go to a chiropractor, you go to a PT, you go to massage. Those are three incredibly different variables that are all affecting your physiology. When you're doing all these things in a panic state, and you feel better, you don't know which one worked. And right. you, if you feel worse, you don't know which one flares you up. When you introduce so many variables, when you're not diligent, you have to be your own scientist. What is the one thing I'm going to change right now to then observe what changes happen from that one thing? Everybody's so frantically, like I was, just trying to feel better. You're doing too much. And if something works, how the hell are you going to know if that was a thing or not? So there's no wisdom in your approach if you're scattered. So you have to get organized. You have to get yourself aligned. The next thing, your expectations are 100% one of the next biggest reasons why things are not working well for you. If you're giving yourself a timeline on how long a therapy process should work, you're immediately sabotaging the therapy from even working. And this is the tough love. Who are you to put a timeline on something that your body is dictating? That's, that's the human. That's the thinking part. You're trying to outthink a physiological problem. That's not how we work. Not giving yourself enough space and time for your body to change is the second biggest thing that people do to sabotage themselves on a daily basis. The third thing is every damn day is different. Some days they're walking a lot. Some days they're not moving a lot. Our bodies thrive on routine and consistency. If you don't have a movement practice that you can anchor yourself in, even if it's the soft, gentle stuff that I teach, it allows you to come to the same place every day internally, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So you can gauge, is there progress? What's changing on a daily basis? When you're so up and down and your schedule's changing and you don't have a solid mindset or movement practice, how could you feel better? And if you do, it's maybe random. Or if you do feel better, maybe you're just learning different ways to compensate to not feel as much pain. You have to develop a foundation that you can rely on long-term. And most people who are in the chronic pain cycle, there is no foundation. It's sporadic doses of very intense things that are not sustainable, they're not manageable, and they just don't do long-term. So they're like a kite, as I was, flying around in a hurricane, allowing whatever thing they're going to try that day to just completely throw them off a random stretch online a random foam rolling session we have to develop simple actionable consistencies that can be achievable every day and oh my gosh when you do that the amount of change that you can feel internally it 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 fundamentally changes your whole experience with chronic pain 
Yeah. Anything absolutely. from you? Then I got one final yeah, question. Yeah. W- w- one more question. Okay. So we, we, it's great that you identified some of these, some of these mistakes that people make and what they can do about it. You know, as far as throw it, and it's funny, we all use the same term early 30 minutes ago. We all said, throw the kitchen sink. Yeah. And then Vinny's like, that's actually one of the worst things you can do because you have to identify what's working, and what isn't. And then of course, moving into, you know, but you do creating. have to try things. You, I mean, you do. You have to yes. move towards a solution. So that's fair. Absolutely. And then start splitting them out so you can figure out which one's working, which one, which ones aren't. And then, of course, finding that consistency in the routine. How about mentally? As far as negative self-talk, what are some things that, like, they're big red flags. If people are starting to repeat something to themselves, what should they be aware of? What, what are they saying that they shouldn't be saying to themselves? So that's, that's definitely going to be a part two podcast because okay. that, that could be the whole episode. But the first initial answer is right now, I just want everybody to observe what you are saying. Instead of creating a say this, don't say that, you shouldn't do this. Right now, we first get clear on how are you reacting internally to pain. Every time that wince, that that electrifying bolt shows up in your life, what is a conversation? What is your default conversation that you're having? We can't change a problem that we don't understand. So step one is understanding how you as a human being are relating to this problem that's showing up. What are the words that were showing up? Once we're aware of that pattern, just doing this noting technique of, of, oh, there I am being really hard on myself, or there I am being really negative. There I am being a with this problem. Okay. Can I be more kind? The next step is with a loved one. If you've ever been in a relationship, if you're a parent, if your kid has a problem, if your partner has a problem, how would you show up to help them? Well, why is you showing up for yourself any different than that? Start there. So true. Mm-hmm. Start yeah. there. Let We wouldn't start cursing each other. I mean, maybe we would. <laughs> it all depends on your upbringing. <laughs> but, but like how you would treat others, why don't you start treating yourself that way internally and adopting that language? And then we can go into different, different skills and tools and steps from there. But I think step one is identify what is the thought pattern? How are you relating to this sensation that could have been like mine, life-changing? And then can we maybe be a little softer. I love this so much. Grab a journal, guys. Open up your phone, take notes, record voice memos, because he brings up such a great point. Like, you have two, two kids. I have two kids. He has children. Like, if I said to my kids when they were in pain the things that I said to myself when I was in the heat of my back pain... I would go to jail. I would be disgusting. Like, it was so violent. I was so vile to myself. I had so much self-hatred. I had so much self-love. I mean, all the self-negative stuff was at the height of it, right? Mm -hmm. And then what comes with chronic pain, for for me at least, was like suicidal ideations. You start thinking Mm -hmm. about like, well, shit, man, maybe I just need to, maybe this just needs to end. And the fastest way for this to end is that, right? And when you get to that point, just become aware of the fact that, oh, okay, hold on a second. I'm at that point that mental health professionals talk about where I need to get a little bit kinder with myself. I need to get a lot more gentle mm-hmm. with myself. The final question that I want to ask you, and then we'll let you go and enjoy your day, but it's like, where are you now? What is what is your relationship with your back? What is your relationship with your pain? What does your movement look like? Do you swim still? I, I mean, people have all the these questions, thing. right? Yes. I... I 
burned out of swimming. I think I'm done with water sports. Okay. Uh, last year, I just completed my first ultra marathon, 50 mile race wow, through the Oregon Cascade Mountain Range. You know, 50 wow. miles, 1500 feet up, 1500 feet down. Wow. I, I am pain free. Not to say that pain doesn't exist because when you train for ultra marathons, you're choosing instead every day. But my relationship with pain is one that it's now just, it's a thing. There's no reaction. My back feels amazing. I'm able to live the quality life that I can, that I want to. And I get to go travel the world. I just went to Patagonia for an ultra marathon. I, I just get to go, I, I get to use my body now as an instrument to go figure out what am I capable of? What am I made of? And I owe it all to the things that I teach others. That's pretty incredible. cool. It's so cool, man. I, I'm, I'm going yeah. to like Google something because this, Go whole, for this whole conversation brings me back to it's either a Chinese proverb or Bruce Lee or said it. You look it up. Something. And I want to share this. This is, uh, this is Vinny's site, painacademy.net. Uh, and, and I didn't intend to like throw everybody your stuff and send folks there. But your story today and the way that you've shared things, I can vouch for it because it's 100% my journey. It's 100% this guy's journey. This is the real way to handle back pain. Even if there's some medical issue behind it, like a sports injury or some other type of injury where you have a bulge mm -hmm. or a herniated or, you know, whatever that thing is for you, this is the way to attack it long term so that you can eventually learn to live with it. Because as I said at the beginning of this podcast, or maybe it was in our live the pain is a signal, a signal to do something about it. Nothing more than that. Don't attach any more value to the pain than it's a signal. And it's screaming at you like, hey, you, you might want to work on this because we have a problem. Did you find it? I didn't. I didn't. But I, I just I looked up the second part of it and it, I believe it's like a Chinese proverb or, or something. It says, accept pain as your brother and he will walk with you. Mm -hmm. And it was, but in the first part of it, and I just don't want to do it any disservice, but it's like, it's, it's about opposing pain and it will crush you. But if you accept him as your brother, he will walk with you. And it's like, hmm. And this whole conversation that just keeps coming back up. I was like, wow. Vinny, closing thoughts from you, man. Look, when you, and I, and I understand this message is going to hit everybody differently, depending on where you're at. What if you were to allow pain to be there befriend it just create space for it what if instead of trying to get rid of it and fix it you actually just allowed room for it to be there how then would you make decisions and how then would you show up and what would the different things being pain-free is not an end goal it is a practice that needs to be done every single day and when you can do that this is what i teach people and i would love to show as many many people interested as possible and exactly step by step how to do that wow well done, i'm giving friend. a standing yeah, ovation to it. this podcast yeah, today, this man. Is so good. that is incredible yeah. thank you so much Vinny, for yeah. your just yeah. your <laughs> of course. your authenticity your vulnerability and the know-how to to make a change in people's lives we wish you nothing but the best you need to be on a lookout for an email from sam our podcast manager because we are going to have you back and we're going to do a whole podcast on self-talk yes on the mental aspect of it 100 percent. and i in the meantime i'm sure you're gonna do the same when i reach down to touch my toes and i anticipate that little pinch in my back i'm gonna see what comes up and start paying attention to the conversation i'm having with myself and i hope everybody listening does the same yeah when you start to anticipate it start paying attention pull out that journal 
Start writing it down and you'll probably see a really similar pattern. And you might see a pattern of negative self-talk starting to come up over and over and over again. And it'll shine a huge spotlight on the areas where we need to start to change that. As Vinny says, try being softer with ourselves. I love it. Man, Vinny, thank you so much for being on the I Needed That podcast, man. Of course, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Looking forward to round two. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Us too. Well, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget about our I Needed That podcast Instagram handle. We're on Facebook now. Of course, the YouTube channel where you can watch all of these things go down live. And if you want to visit uh, Vinny, it's painacademy.net. We'll see everybody next week on our I Needed That podcast. Have a great day, my friend. Take care. See you, Ben. Thank you, Vinny.